1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. But
2: the little boy Samuel grows on in the Lord. What a contrast that is. Right in the middle is this 12-year-old boy who is keeping himself pure from his uh, stepbrothers or whatever they were. Wherefore the sin, it says, as just repeat, wherefore in 1 Samuel 2.17, 1 Samuel 2.17, wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men abhorred the offering of the Lord, verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord being a child, Girded with a linen ephod. He chose, Samuel chose to be a contrast to the sin around him. He was there working with those evil sons. He was like it was like working in a trash heap, and Samuel became the white rose that grew out of it all. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, as it says about the Lord Jesus in Mark 4:16. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Samuel, growing up in the midst of all of that horrible corruption, defilement, and sin, he grew up. Just like the great darkness that the Lord Jesus was born into in the land of Israel at that time. And what does it say about him? Just like Samuel, it says in Isaiah 53.2, Isaiah 53.2, the Lord Jesus, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, a root out of a dry ground. Sin was rampant when the Lord was born. And the two words that, that, that characterized the Lord Jesus and in in how, in how he grew up was he grew up before him. He grew up before him. Sin was rampant during the time when Samuel was growing up there in Eli's house. And that's what Samuel did. How did he keep himself pure? He grew up before the Lord. He didn't grow up before Hophni and Phinehas, the two evil sons of Samuel. He grew up before the Lord. And how is it that you and I are going to keep ourselves pure from all the corruption, all the sin, all the defilement that's around us? We are going to live before the Lord. And that will be just as it was with Samuel the way of purity, the way of preservation, the way of sanctification, sin around us. We keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ just as he did, just as he did. And we are told in Hebrews 12, 1, Hebrews 12.1, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. This is how we do it. This is how Samuel did it. He grew up before the Lord. This is how the Lord Jesus was the tender plant. He grew up before him as a tender plant before him. This is how we will keep ourselves from the defilement of this world. We will look unto Jesus And in so doing, we'll lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily does beset us. So little Samuel, rather than looking to the sons of Eli, he looked to Eli to teach him. He looked to Eli to teach him how to serve the Lord. Little Samuel realized he was there appointed by God, placed by God to do the work of God. And he was a serious little boy. He was a very serious boy, and he took his responsibilities very seriously. And this was the setting here for this one momentous night, which has been recorded for us in 1 Samuel 3. One momentous night. As we said in, in, in verse 17, 1 Samuel two seventeen, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. The priesthood was sinful, but Samuel here, He's protected. There's a protection around him. He's got two older stepbrothers, I guess you call them, two older ones, and they were very forceful, very aggressive, ready to deck anyone that opposes them in their lust for meat and women. But here, little Samuel, who could be very easily overpowered by these two older ones here, very easily, but he's protected. How is he protected? He's protected with the covering of Psalm 91, where it says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty is a protecting shadow. It's a protecting shadow. And if that shadow is felt and sensed and experienced in the secret place of the Most High, and as Samuel dwelt, as a little 12-year-old boy, let's say, as a little boy, as he dwelt in that secret place of the Most High, he was protected, uh, the shadow of the Almighty, from the evil influences of his two stepbrothers. And this was the secret to him. So this one night arrives that's recorded in, in chapter 3. One night arrives, the most momentous night in this life of this prophet, when he is a boy, the most momentous night comes in 1 Samuel 3 4. The Lord called Samuel. The Lord called Samuel. He didn't know it was the Lord, he thought it was Eli. And it says, And he answered, Here am I. It was the voice of God. It wasn't the voice of Eli, it was the voice of God. It was not a loud voice. It wasn't a voice, Samuel. It wasn't like that. It wasn't a voice he couldn't hear, Samuel. It was just the very clear voice of God, not a thunder. It was just a voice heard in the quietness, the stillness of the night, not during the daytime, but in the night. That's the time when God chose to call Samuel. And that's the time Oftentimes when God chooses to speak to us, I don't know if you, you go to bed and you think, no, I'm going to get a good night, eight hours, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep tonight and nothing's going to disturb me. Oh, it's beautiful, everything is all peaceful and calm and you go to sleep and all of a sudden you're up at three in the morning. What am I doing up? Right? But that's the time. That's the time so often when God says, Yes, it is a perfect night. It's a perfect night, and in the stillness of this night, we're going to talk, and I'm going to wake you up for a good, quiet time. And sometimes that's our most memorable, most momentous, wonderful times alone with the Lord when he says, Samuel, Samuel, get up, Samuel. No one's there. No one was there to distract Samuel, and he chooses those times in the middle of the night when no one is there. He says, go, Get your Bible. That's your earpiece so you can hear me. So God called to Samuel with his gentle voice. It wasn't like a thunder. It was very much like God called out to Elijah. Elijah, God called to Elijah in 1 Kings 19.12. twelve. First 1 Kings 19.12, where it says, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. That was the voice, so small so gentle that it took the stillness of the night, being all alone for Samuel to hear that voice. And the voice of God sounded to Samuel like a human voice. Thought it was the voice of Eli. It wasn't the voice of Eli, it was the voice of God, he thought it was. was The voice of a man. It was in a language that he understood. It wasn't in tongues or whatever. It was in a language that Samuel could well understand and he didn't need an interpreter. And then when he hears the voice, and he responds, and his response in 1 Samuel 3, 5, his response was running. He ran. It says, it makes a point of saying that. The little boy ran, He and he ran unto Eli and said, here am I, for thou callest me. He runs. He's tired. It's the end of the day. The poor little guy's been working hard, doing all the duties that had to be done out there around the ark and so forth, and yet he thinks that even as tired as he is, he doesn't lay in bed and says, I'm too tired, don't bother me now, I've got to go to sleep, I've got to get my rest. No, as tired as he is, he hears the voice, he thinks it's Eli, he hears the voice, and he gets up and he runs to him. Yes, sir, he appears there as he runs in. That says a lot about Samuel. It shows in his little heart, there was this eagerness to respond. There was this, this desire this, there's, there was this happiness to serve. Little guy, if you talk to him, you say, Daniel, tell me about your life. He says, I'm happy to serve. I'm really happy to be here. Samuel, tell me about what it's like there to live in the environment there. Uh, Samuel, what do you think about those sons, the other sons there and what they're doing and how evil it is? You wouldn't get a complaint out of him. The little kid said, I don't know, but I'm just happy to serve Eli. And I run to serve Eli. And he wasn't resentful of Eli's sons. He wasn't saying, How come I got to do all this dirty work? And those why he wasn't saying that. He was just very happy when he was called to run to Eli, even though it was unfair about that he was the one that was having to do real work while they were off, you know, doing what they were doing. And so he says in verse five, it says, he ran to Eli and said, You called me? And he said, I called not, lie down again. So he, he, he just, okay, does what he's told. He goes and lies down. And Eli's, Eli's sons are very far from God. And the Lord at this point is kind of interesting. The Lord at this point in this history, With Samuel, he doesn't get resentful. The Lord doesn't get frustrated and say, you know, what's the matter with him? I called him. Why doesn't he why does he think it's Eli? Eli's calling him. And that's what makes the verse six so wonderful is there's another chance. He gives him another chance. He says, The Lord called yet again. That's why that word is so important there. The word again, it means it's another chance. He didn't get it the first time. We'll try it again. Yet again, Samuel, Samuel rose, went to Eli and said, here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not. My son, go lie down. So, you know, the Lord could say, he already told him the first time that he didn't call him. Why is he now not thinking that it might not be me that's calling him? The Lord might have said that, but he didn't. But but then, then we are told there's an explanation for why Samuel did not get it, that it was God calling him. And the explanation is verse seven. Verse seven, which says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord revealed to him. Samuel didn't know the Lord. Samuel had a godly praying mother that knew the Lord, but Samuel did not know the Lord. Samuel grew up in the temple ministering to the Lord, but Samuel did not know the Lord. Samuel had the high priest of Israel, nonetheless, the high priest of Israel, Eli, teaching him, but Samuel did not know the Lord. There needed to to come this time, this momentous time, this meeting, when Samuel would come to know the Lord. And this shows us how a person can be raised in a godly home and still not know the Lord. There's gotta come a time for that person individually like there was for Samuel when he comes to know the Lord. The person can attend a good, Bible-centered, Bible-teaching church and still not know the Lord. There's got to come a time when the individual person comes face-to-face, so to speak, or direct contact with the Lord for him to come to know the Lord. A person can have a wonderful, godly mentor, someone to teach him who really knows the Lord, like Eli, and still not know the Lord. There's got to be a time, there must be a time for each person, when it's this momentous time, as it is here with Samuel, what happened in his life, when transformation takes place, all the difference in the world happens, crystallization, oh, now I understand, takes place when he comes to know the Lord. That's what's important here. Verse eight, verse eight, First Samuel 3, verse eight, the Lord called Samuel again the third time. He arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for thou didst call me. Eli perceived the Lord had called the child, Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, it shall be. If he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down his place. You can just appreciate the poor little guy, the little boy, he doesn't know the Lord. He needs someone to show him, to instruct him. The Ethiopian that was on the chariot was reading Isaiah 53. He had no idea what he was reading about until Philip came and said, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I accept some person guide me? How can Samuel know what is the going on here? I keep hearing my name, Samuel, Samuel. How can he understand until some person guide him, that be Eli? Eli comes and says, Samuel, this is, Samuel, this has never happened to you before. But now it's happening to you. God is calling you, Samuel. This is your time to come to know the Lord. Samuel, when you hear that voice, you don't come to me anymore. I'm out of the picture, Samuel. Now you turn to God and you pray to God. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Have you got it, down, Samuel? Have you got it down? As Eli was teaching him. And so Samuel then, we, I just picture the little guy running back to bed with all the excitement. Oh, I got it down. I know what I'm going to say. It's God who's going to speak to me. I'm going to meet God tonight. And he runs back with eagerness, and the meeting happens again the third time. So now it's all different this time. I just love that part, the in-between part. After Eli has told him, Samuel, it's God. It's God. And here's what you say, Samuel. Speak, Lord, for thy servant here. Just that inner time before he gets back to his bed. Right in there, when you see him, the little childlike eagerness running, running. The little childlike eagerness, willing to be instructed and, ha- and taking the instruction to heart. The, the little childlike eagerness of believing, faith, believing what Eli has said, even though he didn't see at this point yet. A little childlike eagerness of all this anticipation. God's gonna speak to me. That's exciting. And that's what makes God so happy, is that childlike spirit. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 18.3, Matthew 18.3, he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Lord Jesus was saying, unless you unless you adopt, unless you become childlike in eagerness, childlike in a willing to be instructed, childlike in, a, in faith, believing, childlike in an anticipation, a happy anticipation of having God speak, it. If, unless you do that, you can't come in. You can't come to heaven. We can imagine God saying, bring back that childlike eagerness, willingness, belief, that anticipation. Bring it back. Bring it back. You're too old. You've gotten too crusty. Bring it back. And so we see little Samuel as he climbs back into bed. He's all excited. He wants to hear God speak to him. And God doesn't leave that little boy disappointed. It's the third time, but God will be there 70 times, seven times. But he's there the third time in verse 10. The Lord came and stood and called us at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answers, speak, for thy servant heareth. He's so thrilled beyond belief. He's so thrilled beyond belief that he missed a word. <laughs> he said, to, Eli said, Speak, Lord. For thy servant heareth. But Samuel, he's a little guy. is so excited. He just says, speak for thy servant heareth. Oh, i was supposed to say Lord? Oh, well. <laughs> and so it's okay. The Lord didn't say, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you remember what Eli told you?" No, the Lord said, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. He's overwhelmed. So he comes, and it's so personal. You know, it's so personal for Samuel. Before, the Lord had said Samuel, and then he ran in, and the second time he said, Samuel. And they ran in the second time, and that was the time when Eli said Samuel. In essence, he was saying Samuel, this is going to be your personal encounter with God. This is between, this is going to be a time, Samuel, Samuel, between God and Samuel. Nobody else. Like the road to Jericho, there's room for just two, <laughs> just Jesus and me, right? This is going to be a time for just you and Samuel. But but Eli, I, you you've been my teacher. Can't you come too? No. I can't. you got to go back to bed. Just you. it. So this time, just to emphasize it, God, when he calls Samuel, he doesn't just say Samuel. He says, Samuel, Samuel, just to emphasize, this is it, Samuel. This is the time between you and me, you and I together. We're going to have a wonderful life together, Samuel, and this is the beginning when you're going to come to know me. So he comes and in essence, when he says, Samuel, Samuel, it was like the Lord saying, Samuel, I know you. I know all about you. I know you very well. I call you your name. I want you to know me very well too. And so the Lord calls Israel by name. And it's very interesting when he calls out to Israel, similar to when he's calling to Samuel in Isaiah 43.1, Isaiah 43.1 God addresses Israel by saying this, Now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. The same is true for us. The great shepherd, the Lord Jesus, Jehovah Jesus, calls us by name, it says. He said that in John ten two. John 10, 2. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name individually and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him. They know his voice. They know his voice. He calls us by name. He knows us because he knows, like he knows Israel because he created us. He knows us because he formed us. He knows us because he redeemed us on the cross. He knows us, and all of this knowing us individually, personally, is reflected by calling by name, calling by name, as he did here with Samuel. So Samuel responds. He says, speak, for thy servant heareth. And that kind of becomes like a life motto for this little guy. For the rest of his life, he might as well have a medallion around his neck that said speak for thy servant heareth because this is the way Samuel is speak for thy servant heareth go anoint a man named Saul to be king over Israel yes Lord speak for thy servant heareth
1: another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on friendship with God Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at Israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at PO box711330, Santee California 92071. That's PO box 711330, Santee, California 92071. or email Tom Cantor,